Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Hello, you beautiful people. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome back to it. Welcome back to it. Show where I talk about what. Show where I talk about what. This is a tasty burger. Tasty burger. Tasty burger. Hello, all of you beautiful people. Welcome back to whatever, the show where I talk about whatever. My name is Cameron, and a sword wields no strength unless the hand that holds it has courage. Now, why did I give you that quote? Where is that quote from? That quote is from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, because that's what I'm going to talk about today. I looked at my uh, Zelda episode, and when I listen to when i was talking about twilight princess i was like hey, i could have talked about this i could have talked about this i could have could have done this so i decided to make it its own episode and i'll probably do this with some of my other favorite ones too like not all of them but i'll do some of my favorite ones you know not like you know week after week like to do with my harry potter series i might do that i don't know i could change my mind by you know two hours from now but yeah I'm going to use this episode to talk about Twilight Princess. So to give you a quote-unquote brief summary of what Twilight Princess is about. Actually, you know what? I should tell you when it came out first instead of giving you a whole story. Let's go back up. So Twilight Princess came out on November 19th for the Wii. Or November 19th, 2006 for the Wii. December 2nd, 2006 for Japan, uh, Europe, it came out the 7th and the 8th of 06, and Korea got it August 27th, 2009. Now, the GameCube version also released kind of alongside the Wii version. So in America, the GameCube version came out December 11th, 2006. Uh, Japan got it on the 2nd of 06. And Europe got it the 14th and 15th of 06. And and while we're talking about when the games came out, also a uh, in March of 2016, they released an HD remake of it for the Wii U, which brought along some, you know, some differences, not a whole lot of differences. The one difference that pissed me off in the Wii U version was it, added stickers for the Miiverse, which you know is great for doing the doing the Miiverse because the Miiverse was actually pretty fun. But it was annoying when you were playing the game and you went out of your way to get this chest only for it to be a goddamn sticker. So yeah, there's all that. Uh obviously published by Nintendo, directed by Eiji Awanuma, uh produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, all right. that's all the, the technical stuff of when it came out now this is going off the wikipedia so there's gonna be there's gonna be a, some spots i'm gonna have to fill in after this but yeah this is the plot according to wikipedia the game begins with a begins with a youth named link we're off to a great start wikipedia who works as a ranch hand in Ordon Village. One day, Bulbins take away the village's children. Link pursues and encounters a wall of twilight. A shadow beast pulls him beyond the walls into the twilight-shrouded forest, where he is transformed into a wolf and imprisoned. Link is soon freed by a twilight creature named Minda, who offers to help him if he obeys her unconditionally. 
He d- she dives him to Princess Zelda, who explains that Zant, the teen of the Twilight, invaded Hyrule Castle and forced her to surrender. The kingdom became enveloped in Twilight, turning all its inhabitants beside Link and Zelda into spirits. To save Hyrule, Link, aided by Midna, must first revive the light spirits by entering the twilight-covered regions and recovering the spirit's light from the twilight beings that had stolen it. Once revitalized, each spirit returns to Link returns Link to his Hylian form and informs Link and Midna of the hidden locations of a few shadow. One of the fragment or a few shadow, one of the fragments of a powerful dark relic that will have to be used to match Zant's power to defeat him. During this time, the ghost of a departed swordsman, the hero Shade, also appears to provide swordsmanship training that he had failed to pass on before he died, as well as informing information regarding Link's destiny in Hyrule. Now I'm going to stop right there with the hero Shade. Fun fact about the hero Shade. So, if you look at the timeline, the Zelda timeline, this takes place in the child era of the hero is triumphant timeline because Ocarina Time splits the timeline into three separate things. So there's the timeline where Link is defeated in Ocarina of Time, and then there's the two that come off if you know when Link defeats Ganon in Ocarina of Time. There is a timeline for child Link, and there's a timeline for adult Link. And the adult, the, the child one, the next one in the child one is where Majora's Mask, Majora's Mask takes place because Majora's Mask is a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time because it starts off with Link trying to find Navi. And like the adult era kind of goes off into Wind Waker. So you look at the child era, there's Majora's Mask, and then the very next game that comes after Majora's Mask in the timeline is Twilight Princess. And hero, the hero Shade in Twilight Princess, he teaches you all these skills. And the hero Shade, he, uh, he is confirmed by Nintendo to be the spirit of the hero of time. So that means that the hero shade that you run into that teaches Link and Twilight Princess all these skills is actually Link from Ocarina of Time. Which is... It blew my mind when I found out. I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, Okay, moving on with the story. During his journey, Link also finds Ordon Village's children and assists the Monkeys of Faron, the Dorans of Elden, and the Zoras of Lineru. After restoring the Light Spirits and obtaining the few shadows, Link and Minna are ambushed by Zant, who takes away the fragments. Minna calls him out for abusing his tribe's magic, but Zant reveals that his power comes from another source and uses it to trap Link in his wolf state. Failing to persuade Minna into joining forces with him, Zant leaves her to die by exposing her to the light of the light spirit, Lineru. Bringing a dying Minna to Zelda, Link learns from her that he needs the Master Sword to remove Zant's curse, and she proceeds to sacrifice herself to heal Minna, vanishing mysteriously. Moved by Zelda's act of selfishness, Minna starts to care more about Link and the fate of the light world. Now, that whole section has probably the best music in the game. Because, you know, this whole thing, he drains her of the magic and you wake up as Wolf Lady and you find Minda just completely white, just, you know, dying on your bed and you have to race to Hyrule Castle. But, uh, let's say, where's my phone? If I can find it. There's a, there's a song that plays and it's called Minda's Lament.
it's just like it takes over all other sounds in the game, and it's just it's I love it. Maybe I'm a sucker for piano. Who knows? Uh, where was I in the story? After gaining the Master Sword, Link is cleansed of the curse that kept him in wolf form. And also, what they don't notice here, I was just gazing over this, but what they don't mention there is that once you get the Master Sword, you know, it cleans him of his wolf form, but also exposes a shadow crystal, which Minna holds on to because it allows you to actually switch between wolf Link and regular Link at will. Like, just before, like, whenever he went to the Twilight Realm, he was stuck as Wolf Link. And whenever you were in, when you were Human Link, you couldn't switch to Wolf Link. But now with the, with a Shadow Crystal in hand, because, you know, the Master Sword cleansed him of the, of the curse, he can now switch to a wolf, to being a wolf at will. I do like that, kind of a sidetrack, I do like in the fandom it shows that, like, when he first became a wolf, he was in pain. But can you imagine, like, what it's like for him once you are able to just do that at will? Like, you're just like, oh, okay, I want to transfer to a worm. Ah, jeez, fuck! <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry for yelling there, but uh, let's continue the story. Deep within the Gerudo Desert, Link and Minda search for the Mirror of Twilight, the only known gateway between Hyrule and the Twilight Realm, but discover that it is broken. The sages there explain that Zant tried to destroy it, but only managed to shatter it into fragments. Only the true ruler of the Twilight can completely destroy the Mirror of Twilight. They also relate that once they used it to banish Ganondorf, the Gerudo leader who attempted to steal the Triforce to the Twilight Realm when executing him failed. So yeah, that's the whole thing. And that ties back to like Ocarina of Time and everything. They basically because you banished in Ocarina of Time, once you defeat Dan once you defeat Ganondorf, you banish him to the Sacred Realm. Or you banish him to the Twilight Realm. And you find out in this game that from that the sages of the Twilight Realm tried to execute Ganondorf for trying to steal the Triforce in Ocarina of Time. But it did work because Ganon overtook them with the power with his power his triforce of power and he's basically he's doesn't have a lot of power to him but he trusted his power with Zan who kind of did his dirty work for him uh, trying to banish Ganondorf the Gerudo 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 however you say it Attempted to steal the Triforce to the Twilight Realm and execute and failed. Link and Midna set out to retrieve the missing shards of the mirror. Once the mirror has been fully restored, the sages reveal to Link that Midna is actually the true ruler of the Twilight, usurped and cursed into her current form by Zant. So we find out that Link, that Midna is, in fact, the Twilight Princess. You know, name of the game. They, uh... I th- <laughs> Uh, I love doing this thing where, like, when I played the game and there's, like, Minda, you are the... I think they actually said something like, you are the Twilight Princess. And I was like, ah, 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 they said it, they said it. <laughs> Confronting Zant, Link and Minda learned that he forged a pact with Ganondorf, who asked for his assistance in subjugating Hyrule. After Link defeats Zant, Minda recovers the few shadows and destroys Zant after learning that only Ganondorf's death can release her from her curse. So basically, they 
defeats Anne. Minna you know, really defeats Anne. But she's like, oh, what do I still look like this? And they find out, like, oh, as long as Ganondorf is still running around, I'm still going to look like this. So let's go fucking kill this guy. <laughs> Returning to Hyrule, Link and Minna find Ganondorf in Hyrule Castle with a lifeless Zelda suspended above his head. Ganondorf fights Link by possessing Zelda and then transforming into a gigantic boar-like beast. But Link defeats him, and the power Minda received from Zelda is able to resuscitate her. Ganondorf revives, and Minna teleports Link and Zelda outside the castle so she can hold him off with the fused shadows. However, as Hyrule Castle collapses, Ganondorf emerges from it victorious, crushing Minna's helmet, and pursues Link on horseback. Assisted by Zelda and the Light Spirits, Link eventually knocks Ganondorf off, off of his horse and duels him on foot before plunging the Master Sword into his chest. Now, there's a couple of things I want to mention with this. So, after you you plunge it into his chest, there's this whole thing where he's standing up and he's like he's breathing heavy, like he's dying, and then it cuts to Zan. Zan's standing like staring, and all of a sudden he does his little quick head turn. You hear a snap, and then Ganondorf's just like, Ugh! and his eyes go white, and he's just he's standing there. He's just standing there, sword in his chest. He's dead. He did. <laughs> With Ganondorf dead, the Light Spirits revive Minna and restore her to her true form. After bidding farewell to Link and Zelda, Minna returns home and destroys the Mirror of Twilight with a tear. As Hyrule Castle is rebuilt, Link leaves Ordon Village, heading to parts unknown. And that's Twilight Princess according to Wikipedia. <laughs> but um, another thing... <laughs> One funny thing I always love to mention with uh, the end of Twilight Princess. So you have the one-on-one with Ganondorf and the final blow is like you knock him down and then you have to press A to jump up in the air and stab him through the chest. But one thing I like to do is equip the uh, iron boots just before I do that move. Because then if you equip the iron boots and then finish off Ganondorf, Link will still have the iron boots on during the final cutscene because in the final cutscene, when you see the light spirits revive Minda to her true form, Link sees that she's still alive off the distance and happily runs towards her. Now, normally in the cutscene, you know, there's just there's beautiful music and you see Link running. You just hear his normal footsteps, which are very quiet because he's, I mean, running in a field. But if you equip the iron boots just before the final cutscene, he'll still have the iron boots on. So. As soon as he sees Benny, he's like, oh, and he starts running toward her. You just hear clang, 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 clang. <laughs> uh, another thing I like to do is uh, equip the uh, rupee armor before the final cutscene. Now, the rupee armor is a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty long quest in the game, but it's kind of, kind of worth it. Not really. So it starts off with you in Takariko Village, and once you, you know, once you get the few shadow from the Gorons, and the Gorons are all cool with humans again, one of them will pop up in Takariko Village in a mart where you can buy items and stuff, and he'll ask for donations, and you give him, like, X amount of donations, they'll do, like, a certain, I think they'll, like, build a bridge somewhere. Yeah, they'll build a bridge, and then you do another amount of donations, and they'll open up a shop in uh, Hyrule Castle Town. Or they'll take over a shop in Hyrule Castletown. Now, the original shop in Hyrule Castletown is 
like very bougie and very expensive. And you see the armor there, and the guy's like, Oh, you want this armor? Well, you have to pay me 9,000 rupees. <laughs> but after you do this quest, the Gorons take over, and uh, they actually. It's, it becomes very cheap. I think it brings it down to like 500 rupees. But And it's it's cool in like your armor. The only downside is it runs off of rupees. So like if when you wear this armor, you don't take any actual damage to your hearts. It takes it out of your rupees. And once the rupees are gone, Link just kind of slumps along and you're vulnerable again. So really, it's not useful in the... Uh, it's not useful in the game at all, but it's definitely it's definitely cool to have if you equip it right before a cutscene. It just it kind of it looks cool. Uh, let's move on to some stuff. Why not? <laughs> some interesting stuff. Uh, gameplay, gameplay. So this is from the Zelda fandom wiki, or the actual Zelda wiki. In a further departure from Wind Waker, Link is once again a young man as opposed to a child in, as in the latter part of Ocarina of Time and in The Adventure of Link. The game also takes on a darker tone, rivaling that of Majora's Mask. And that's why I love the Zelda game too. I don't think I explained why it's my favorite Zelda game. Uh, it's Twilight Princess is my ultimate favorite Zelda game is because you know it's the first one I own first one i ever completed and the one i spent the most time on so yeah that's uh it holds a special place in my heart and a lot of people want to see it on the switch and i wouldn't pet i wouldn't put it past nintendo to do at some point probably not make a huge thing of a huge announcement of it but there's be like oh yeah it's on the switch now i mean right now they're too busy pumping out the uh hd remake of starward sword uh, wolf Link. Link transforms into a wolf when entering the twilight, a dark shroud that is ensnared Hyrule. This is not a separate place like the dark world in A Link to the Past, but a festering malignancy across Hyrule. As, as a wolf, Link is unable to use items. Instead, he resorts to abilities like dashing, biting, digging, and howling, among others. With the help of Midna, he can also warp through portals and reach far destinations instantly and create an energy field that can defeat multiple enemies simultaneously. How am I doing on time? I'm doing good. In addition, Link can communicate with animals in wolf form as if they were people. When transformed into a wolf, Link's sense of smell is greatly improved, allowing him to follow trails left by certain characters in the game in the same way. Link, wolf Link can also see spectra and other elements that are invisible to the human eyes. During the first half of the game, Link is a wolf only when he enters a portion of Hyrule that has fallen under the influence of the Twilight. Once there, the young hero is unable to return back to normal until he purges that cursed place by reviving the Light Spirits after collecting their Tears of Light. Eventually, Link is able to shift from one form to the other at will thanks to a Shadow Crystal and the Master Sword. So yeah, like I said, you know, the Master Sword brings it back to human form and also gets a shadow crystal out of Link, which he can then use along with Minna to transform into a wolf at, at will. Uh, Wii and GameCube differences. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'll read this off. The Wii version of the game is a mirror image of the GameCube version, meaning that East is West and vice versa. In the former version, the <coughs> Wii version, or, yeah, 
This is to accommodate for most Wii players being right-handed, while Link is often left-handed. So that's why they did it, yeah. So you see the GameCube version, you see like Link swinging around with the, his sword on his left hand. For the Wii version, they mirrored it because they wanted to do motion controls with the sword swinging. And they switched it because, you know, most people who play the game are right-handed. I think they did the same thing with Star Wars Sword. They made Link, because Link canonically is left-handed, but with like with the Wii version of Star with the Wii version of Twilight Princess and Star Wars Sword, they switched it to right hand because most people who are playing are right-handed. The Wii version uses the point and click feature of the Wii remote as a fairy cursor, an on-screen pointer model to look like a fairy. For accessing menus and for using various tools such as the hero's bow, claw shot, and fishing rod. It uses the nunchuck attachment, an analog stick for movement. In order to swing the sword, which Link uses as a weapon, the player makes a slashing motion with the Wii Remote. A jab with the tilt-sensitive nunchuck will cause Link to perform one of his secret moves, the shield attack. To use Link's spin attack, the the player shakes the nunchuck side-to-side horizontally. So yeah, obviously with the Wii version, you know, you have, you know, motion controls because what's a Wii game? without motion controls not a good Wii game should I say (laughs) Uh, I obviously mean it as a joke I mean if you want to see how much of a joke that is find a copy of Sonic and the Secret Rings my god that's something I'll talk about in another episode but I had to rage quit that game because of the motion controls Uh, in the GameCube version of the game the Y and X buttons are used for add-on weapons such as the claw shot, bombs, iron boots, and hero's bow. The B button is used for linked sword attacks. Tapping it once does the normal slashing motion. Pressing it two or three times allows Link to perform sword attack combos. Holding B until Link's charge or Link's sword charges and makes a ching sound allows the hero to perform a spin attack. L locks on the enemies or people to talk to. The C-stick rotates the camera around with, while the A button is for actions like talking, opening doors, and picking things up. In order to use items in the Wii version, the game allows the player to equip the items to the left, right, and down positions of the D-pad and the B button of the Wii remote using the item screen. When an item's respective bu- direction button is pressed, the item is switched to the B button for easier use. The built-in speaker on the Wii remote is used for sounds like the bowstring of the hero's bow being drawn and released, Midna's laugh, and the ever-present Zelda chime when discovering secrets. You know, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Anything else? During development. Ooh, development. This looks interesting. During development, Twilight Princess was referred to as The Wind Waker 2. Seeing fan demand for a realistic aesthetic, the developers took that direction and started Twilight Princess. So yeah, they made Twilight Princess a lot more realistic because a lot of people were complaining that Wind Waker looked too, like, too kitty, I should say, too you know child friendly, which it really wasn't. I mean, it's probably the most child friendly game in the series, but I guess people just didn't really. Just people did not like the cell shaded graphics initially when it came out, which is weird because Wind Waker is now considered like one of the best Zelda games. Next to Ocarina of Time, which, like I said before, I don't agree with it being a top spot. Like it's still, it's still a good game. 
It's integral to the series. It's just like gameplay wise, it's just it's not the best. Like it was good and great for its time, but it's age. We gotta we gotta move on, people. We gotta move on. Uh, 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 uh. Like the original Legend of Zelda game, Twilight Princess was also inspired by the Lord of the Rings. The uh, which the movies came out at the same time it was being developed. And the movie's popularity resulted in the developers drawing inspiration from the aesthetic as well as creating a big world to match its scale. So yeah, yeah, the world in Twilight Princess is huge. Yedge. Yedge. Donald Trump sounds yedge. Yeah, and they also mentioned that the Wii version would be mirrored from the GameCube version so that Everybody can play it, or most people can play it, being right-handed. Uh, that's enough about it. They have speed run. They have completion records. Let's let's look at these. They just from the Zelda wiki, they put in a couple of uh, I guess speed run records. Now this person named Demon on April sixteenth, twenty twenty. Wait, April sixteenth. 2021 april 16th that was only a little bit ago somebody really just set a new speed run record not that long ago yeah when was the 16th so last friday last friday somebody set a new any percent speed run record on the gamecube version with a time of two hours 53 minutes and 28 seconds that's impressive you know bravo demon um, Habreno currently has the record for the any for the fastest any percent speed run on the Wii version at three minutes twenty nine or three hours twenty nine minutes and thirty seconds. It's not bad. I'm sure they use uh, an infamous glitch. Uh, what did it get? It became a the game became a bestseller. It sold five point eight two million copies of the Wii version as of 2011 and 1.32 million copies of the GameCube version as of March 31st, 2007. Uh, what's some trivia? Uh, let's see. How am I doing on time? 26 minutes. All right. I'm going to take a little break because I'm thirsty. My throat hurts and I might have to use the bathroom. So when I come back, I'm going to list off some trivia about Twilight Princess. I'll see you then! And we're back. I did a nice glass of water here, and I'm ready to go through some trivia. Now. Now, this wiki has quite a bit of trivia, and let's just go through it. Let's go down the list, shall we? In the English translation of the game, Princess Zelda mentions that light and darkness coexist in a world of balance, giving the impression that darkness is a fundamental element of the Zelda universe. In the original Japanese text, the princess speaks only about the ability of light to drive away darkness, literally and metaphorically. Twilight Princess is one of the only Zelda games to date where Japan uses the same literal subtitle as the rest of the world, with the other being Star Wars Sword. 
The Legend of Zelda, Adventure of Link, Four Swords, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask all use the same title in English and Japanese, only not directly romanized. This is the first game where the Atarok enemies are absent. You know, I didn't even notice that the Atoroks were missing in this game, but yeah, I guess they're nowhere in the game. Almost every other known Zelda enemies in the game are tough the Atoroks. This is the first game in which Link appears in Hylian form shirtless. This happens only when Link learns how to sumo wrestle. He appears shirtless in Majora's Mask, but in Dictostrub, Goron, and Zora forms. I think the next game after this that he appears shirtless in is, uh, I think it's Breath of the Wild, which everybody obsessed over that, but hey, come on. You're sleeping on Twilight Princess Link here. I mean, man's a beefcake. <laughs> This is the first game that, when released, was available on two Nintendo consoles, with the second one being Breath of the Wild. Yeah, just Breath of the Wild, when it, came, when it first came out, it came out on both the Wii U and the Switch. Uh, like in Wind Waker, but not Ocarina of Time, the Iron Boots were treated as an item rather than an upgrade, and thus to be applied quickly rather than by pausing the game. However, the remake of Ocarina of Time arranged this, also turning the boots into an item, which that was a much needed improvement over Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, is they both got remakes on the Nintendo 3DS. And what the 3DS did with those games, instead of the items where you normally would have to pause the game, equip them, and then unpause the game, you could just do it instantly, which saved a lot of time. Uh... Also, unlike in Ocarina of Time, Epona is acquired very early in the game, which, yeah, in Ocarina of Time, it's only after you become an adult, after the halfway point, that you can actually acquire Epona. Uh, in, his, in his wolf form, Link can talk to animals. Some of them even manage to recognize Link from his Hylian form. Uh, this is the first uh, Zelda game in which Link obtains a musical instrument that is not necessary to complete the game. Yeah, because you get, you get a horse whistle, which literally all it does is just call Epona. Like, you could be in the middle of Hyrule Field, you just use it, and all of a sudden, oh, there's Epona. Or whatever you named Epona, because I forgot to mention at the beginning of this, you actually not only name yourself, like you normally tell with Link, like you name Link whatever you want. You can name him, like, Cameron, or you can name him jerry or you can name him but fart 69 for all i care and you can also name apona something different so you do apona or uh grace or majesty or debbie <laughs> uh please share this podcast if you got that reference <laughs> leave me a lot leave a like on this podcast if you got that reference uh the title theme incorporates elements from the classic Zelda series theme. So, yeah, the title theme incorporates the da 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 da, da. Um, If one has a save from the Wii version of Twilight Princess, an album of Hyrule is unlocked as a bumper sticker for Samus's ship in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Uh, I heard with that game, like, it applies, it works with other games too, like, if you have a save file from like Paper Mario or like Star Fox or something, like it appears as a bumper sticker for Samus's ship, which is pretty neat. The Wii version of the game has more glitches than the GameCube version, likely due to its earlier release. 
One infamous glitch is the cannon room glitch that results in an uncompletable save file. So yeah, interesting fact about that. Uh, hold on, I did a. I'm gonna see if they. I'm gonna see if they talk about that because I kind of wanna explain it. Uh, glitches, glitches. There's no. Oh, okay, it does have a thing here on glitches, but. Hold on. Glitches. Glitches. Uh, hold on. I gotta look for this tender room glitch. Okay. So the tender room glitch, and obviously what it does, it traps you in the tender room. Let's see. This glitch was addressed directly by Nintendo and plagues many of the launch Wii versions of Twilight Princess. While Link is in the tender room in, in uh, Takarito Village, Save the game while inside, turn the game off, and then turn it back on. Shad, who was previously in the room, which is a character you run into, he it's, he gives you the Dominion Rod at some point. Shad, who was previously in the room, will no longer appear there. However, when the player attempts to warp the cannon, Midna will act as though a person is still in the room. However, Shad is nowhere in sight. Do you really have to strip your poop right now as I'm trying to talk? Goddamn cats. Always pooping and shit. Link attempt when attempt. See, see what you pooping did, Dorian. You messed up my speech. <laughs> when Link attempts to leave the room, Shad appears on a separate dialogue screen and asks Link where he is going. This makes it impossible for Link to leave the room by any means, as Binda won't allow him to warp, and Shad will not allow him to leave the room. Once the glitch is has been performed it is impossible to reverse the glitch unless the file in which the glitch was performed is erased or the game is exchanged with nintendo for an updated version that does not have the glitch so yeah there's basically this glitch this glitch shad is a character you run into he gives you the dominion rod and there's a glitch with early versions where if you're in that room before you warp the cannon out to get to the uh the city in the sky you save the game while you're in that room turn it off turn it back on shadow will not be in the room but when you try to leave the room, he'll pop up and be like, hey, you know, where are you going? Like, we still got something to talk about. And basically, you're trapped in that room, and there's no way of getting out. Uh, hold on. Now I gotta go back to where I was. So yeah, I just wanted to explain that glitch. Let's see. Another is a debug function left in the game. Skipping through the cave of ordeals by putting out the torches on each floor. <clears throat> Another unused element, like green shoes, were left in the Wii version. The uh, the cave of ordeals one, I kind of want to try to recreate, but I don't think I have a copy of Twilight Princess anymore. Ah, more water. One major feature left out of the final game was the magic meter which was present in the 3D games before Twilight Princess. Unused text left in the game hints that Link would have needed magic power to, in order to transform into his wolf form. A magic meter can still be seen on a screenshot on the back of the game's box. Really? Let's look at that. Twilight Princess box art. The uh, Wii version. Come on. Hopefully it's a good enough. Of course it's not a good enough picture. I'm going to have to zoom in. A lot more. Come on. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Sure enough, on the back of the Wii Bots art, there's still a picture with the magic meter. <clears throat> Toilet Princess features the second highest number of pieces of heart, with a total of 45. This is due to the fact that it is the only game in the series to require five pieces of heart to complete a heart container. Uh, anything else in this? Anything else that's interesting? Let's see, Legacy. Many properties of Twilight Princess appeared in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, including the models of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, the Bridge of Elden stage, music trophies, and stickers. This happened similarly with Super Smash Bros. for the for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U, counting, again, the models of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, and having Minna as an assist trophy so far. Link's crossbow training takes the setting, models, and graphical style all from Twilight Princess. Now, Link's crossbow training was just a... It's kind of a shovelware themed around Twilight Princess. The true, the true Wii Zelda game, Skyward Sword, noticeably borrows several elements from Twilight Princess, including Link's general design, many of his animations, and the sounds and movements of certain enemies, such as Dekubabas. Several elements of this game were also borrowed by Spirit Tracks, including the collection of Tears of Light, the letters from the Postman being retained, Princess Zelda being susceptible to villain possession, and the presence of Bulbins and Bobos within the overworld. Is there any more I want to talk about? Some of my... Let's go over characters. Some of my favorite characters in this whole game. Obviously, Minda is like my top favorite character because Minda is just... I love Minda so much. You know, she's sassy. She's helpful. She actually has really great character development. And she's got a good ass on her. Yeah, I said it. Don't judge me. And also, the postman, just because he's so weird. Like, he delivers, he delivers random letters to you from time to time. And sometimes it's related to a quest. But... I just love how he pops up. Like you'll just be, you'll be walking around Hy- Hyrule Field. All of a sudden, from the distance, you just hear, "Hey!" And he just just hightails it towards you. There's actually uh, a glitch. I there's actually like a not a glitch. It's a, like an exploit. I think it's kind of a glitch, but I've seen a video of somebody playing this game and they're like running on the cliffs and he does the "Hey!" thing. And he starts running toward you, but he accidentally runs off a cliff. And I think that softlocks the game. <laughs> Basically, it makes it, you know, you have to stop and restart. Uh, it's another... Ooh, another fun fact about one of these characters. So, once you get to Lake Hylia, there are two clown people that you run into. Named Felby and Fire. Now... Falby runs a mini game that you can play where you grab a tuto and you float down through a bunch of these rings and try to collect treasure. And Fire actually is integral because he actually he owns a huge cannon that allows you to get to uh, the Gerudo Desert. And fun fact about him, he actually has a bullet bill on his right sleeve. Right. 
yeah, right sweep. I had to look at him and be like, all right, wait, which way is he facing? Uh, oh, another character I really enjoy is <clears throat> part of Zora's River. You can find the side area called the uh, the fishing. It's like a fishing place. And it has this character named Henna. Now, Henna, she's very... She's very reminiscent of the uh, the fishing the fishing guy from Ocarina of Time, and she even has a picture of the of that guy from of the fishing guy from Ocarina of Time on her wall, because she has like some other characters you run into. Like she has a picture of them have, with a fish, and all of a sudden it's just the guy from Ocarina of Time just with a fish. So she's either a descendant or just a huge admirer of that guy. Uh, who else? <clears throat> who else? There's another character, Perlo. Now, if you look at Perlo, he's he's a guy. He runs a midi game in Hyrule Castle Town, where you have to use the claw shots to zoom around this cage and collect his, a bunch of these gems. And he looks a lot like Tingle, like with a stopwatch and the pointy hat and everything. He looks a lot like Tingle from Wind Waker. Well, Tingle was originally in uh. Majora's Mask, I believe. Was he in Ocarina of Time? I don't remember him being in Ocarina of Time, but yeah, he was definitely in Majora's Mask. So, if you know Tingle from Majora's Mask, there's this guy, Perlo, P-U-R-L-O, in Twilight Princess that looks a lot like Tingle. What other character do I want to talk about? Yetta and Yetto. Now, they run the, uh, they live in the Snow Peak Mountains, and there's actually, like, their house is actually another dungeon you have to go through to get one of the mirror shards. And it starts off, you know, pretty innocent with them. Like, you have to collect items, you have to collect food for them to make a pumpkin soup because Yetta is sick. And once you get through the dungeon, Yetta actually brings you to the room where the mirror shard is, but then she gets overtaken by it, and she ends up being the boss you have to defeat to get the mirror shard back and once you defeat her she turns back into her normal self and Yeto runs in and they share a moment and you know they have this big their hearts shoot everywhere and which is funny because after you you know defeat that dungeon and you go outside of it if you look at the house you can see a heart pop up from the house every once in a while but uh oh and Telma I mentioned Telma She's, she's very sassy. Like she's, she's definitely one of those people that like, if you, if you went up to her, she would she would probably refer to you as child or honey. She'd be like, oh child, don't worry about a thing. She's just this big boobied bar owner. And um, <clears throat> anybody else? Nope. That's all I'm gonna talk about. Yeah, that's gonna be that's my episode on Twilight Princess. Uh, like I said, I definitely wanted to go more, you know, talk about Twilight Princess a little more, considering it's my favorite Zelda game of all time, and I really wanted to, I really wanted to do an episode on it. So I figured, you know, why not? I just wanted to get it out there. But yeah, you know, let me know what you guys think. You know, what's your favorite Zelda game? Just you know, let me know. My social medias, Instagram, Super Tam, you know, search Super Tam sixty four anywhere. You'll find it. I also. Because it's, I guess, 
it's hard to find it on Twitter. I'll actually post a link to the Twitter page for this podcast in the description. And also in the description, you will find a link to send me a voice message. And there should also be a link in there too for, uh, on how to support this podcast. Now I set up support because you know, Hey, I want to be able to do this podcast better. And I'm counting on you guys to help me out with that. So if you click that button or you click that link in the description, it'll take you to a page where you can, you know, find ways to support me, support me in this podcast. Uh, if you want to send me a message on other social medias and other ways to support me, just, you know, share with your friends, you know, like this, you know, follow me on, follow this podcast on Twitter, follow me on Twitter too, SuperTM64, uh, Instagram, TikTok, SuperTM64, YouTube, also SuperTM64, if you feel like watching mediocre content. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you were able to you know, strap yourselves in for the ride long enough. You may now you know, lift the bar up. You may now put your hands outside the ride. Um, yeah. Oh, God. It's been a long day. I, God, this episode took a lot out of me. But yeah, that's going to be it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys think. As always, stay classy. Drink, drink, stay classy. Drink plenty of water. I love you all. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a beautiful time.